need to understand that the golden rule isn't going to save you. It's not going to save you. But I've gone door to door for so I've thousands of doors, and I've heard people say stuff like, uh, "I ask, do you know you're going to go to heaven?" Well, of course. Well, how do you know that? Well, I, I do unto others as I have them do unto me. And that's their reliance. That's the basis of their salvation. <laughs> well, folks, first thing is this, that that golden rule has the qualifier to love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And I'm going to tell you this, unless you're born again, there's no way you can love God with all your heart. No way. And so there's no way that you'll be able to fulfill the golden rule. <laughs> you have to first have Christ in you. See, otherwise, and that's what these people are doing, they're going to God and saying, look at what I'm doing, God. I deserve salvation. He's saying that rule was not given to you to glorify your flesh. That rule was given to you so that I could work through your life. So that I could be the one that is a source of that power and strength. So that that love that you show others is actually my love. It's a love that's foreign to the earth. It's alien to people. <laughs> Amen. The love that God has for us in giving us his son. <laughs> Hereby perceive we the love of God. That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So how did you perceive the love of God? Well, you perceived the love of God because he gave his son to lay down his life for us. So truly, until I understand the sacrifice of the cross, I don't understand what love is. I still have a skewed perspective of love. I have a worldly view of what love really is. You know, I love ice cream, and I do. Amen? If you want to know what kind, talk to me later. That's a hard thing to leave at the doorstep, amen? <laughs> but you know something? Love in the world's context is different than the love of God. And you can look at the word love in the King James Bible, and you can see by context exactly what love he's talking about. For God so loved the world. What kind of love is that? Ice cream? <laughs> no. Is that a husband-wife love? No. Is that a friend love? Phileo, brotherly love. No, it's agape. Agape love is a self-sacrificing love. It's a love that you wouldn't understand if Jesus Christ wouldn't have given his life for you. And so now that I understand that, now I know what I can do for other people. <laughs> because unless I had an example that was set, unless I had the promise that said, if you do this, I'll bless you, there's no way that I would sacrifice not knowing how it's going to turn out. Amen? <laughs> because we don't sacrifice for anybody <laughs> unless God's gotten a hold of our heart. That's when we love others. Amen? And so you've got to be saved. There's no golden rule. There's no benefit for it. There's no way that you can fulfill it unless Christ is already in your heart. And not only that, I think you also have to be a believer that has peered into the sacrifice of Christ and began to understand as best as you can what he has done for you. Because I think you can be a believer that has received the benefit of what Christ did, but not totally understand what he did for you. 
Justification. Five-year-old gets saved. Explain to me justification. What? <laughs> I love Jesus. <laughs> but justification within that doctrine explains a depth of what God has done for me. And as I study that and as I begin to understand that, his love begins to grow. I begin to see, wow, look at what he did for me. <laughs> How could he take someone that was intrinsically corrupt and wicked and declare them justice, just before God, righteous before God? How is that possible? <laughs> the just for the unjust. See, that's, that's what you begin to contemplate when you begin to look at the cross. <laughs> that's why he gave you those verses. That's why he explained it that way. He wanted you to understand that substitutionary aspect of it. Now, you talk to a five-year-old that gets saved, you say, what about the substitutionary atonement? Like, what? <laughs> but as they grow and study and as they look at the scriptures and they understand that they should have been on the cross, but Jesus says, I'll go for you. He died for me. See, that's when love grows. <laughs> Amen? Hereby perceive we the love of God. That he laid down his life for us. See, there's no way a lost person can know that. <laughs> they don't know that kind of love. And that's why when you show that kind of love to a lost person, they're just totally baffled. When you sacrifice your time and energy, the first thing they're asking is, what do you want from me? When they finally realize there's nothing you want, there's nothing you're gaining. In fact, not only you're not gaining, but you're losing. You're losing time and money and all kinds of different things you're investing in, in your love for this person. They say, why would you do that? And that's why you say, hereby perceive we the love of God. That's when they begin to understand, oh, so Jesus is like that? But God commended his love toward us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? <laughs> it's powerful truth. Simple, simple, simple. But powerful truth. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets. I look at these two commandments as hinges to the door of the law. Everything is hanging on those hinges. You've got a door at home. I know most of you have a three-hinge door. But picture a two-hinge door. And that whole door is resting upon those two hinges. And that's what the Lord said about his law. The whole word of God is, is resting on those two hinges of truth. So they're important. They're important. There's our love for God, which will determine our obedience to what the Lord desires for us. Okay, I'm going to explain something here, okay? Not just commands, <laughs> desires. Can I explain the difference with that? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what a Christian does that doesn't really love God, but they're a Christian but they don't really want to sell out. This is what they'll tell you. Well, I don't see where it says that. Show me exactly where it says that. You see, 
If you're the kind of Christian that's only looking for a command, you're not in a love relationship with God. Because I challenge you, when you get into a relationship, husband, wife, just do what is commanded, not what is desired. And see how that relationship grows. <laughs> Your wife's going to look at you one day, you don't love me. Well, I've done everything you've asked me to do. Sure, you listen to the commands. But you missed all the desires. Do you understand what I'm saying here? When you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, a mark of a Christian that truly loves God is that you're not just interested in the commands. You're interested in the desires of God. You, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> it's truth. But you know what? It doesn't just say, thou shalt do what he desires. <laughs> because that would take away from the ability for us to show our love to him. See, there's got to be an area in the Christian life where we can love God, and it's not where he's got to push us to do it. Do you understand? That's why the wife or husband, do what I desire. Well, now you've taken away from me any type of heart that I could have to do something for you because you've made that which was a desire into a command. You've moved from what was grace to the law. Amen? Now, why am I saying this? Because in the Christian life, the golden rule, <laughs> the golden rule is not just about doing what you're commanded to do for people. And throughout the scriptures, the Lord is giving us little tidbits of hints of how he wants us to behave ourselves. First John chapter 2, verse number 8. What does it say here? And it's, it's talking about love. It says, again, a new commandment I write unto you. A new commandment. Is this not an old commandment? In fact, folks, when you look at the commandment of loving the Lord your God, you go to the book of Deuteronomy, you'll find it mentioned several times. But now he's saying it's a new one. A new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. See, you got to be saved. <laughs> You've got to have the true light in you to obey this command. It says, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. That's pretty interesting. Then it says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. That means lives, dwells within light. What is light? Say, where's that light, preacher? Is there a light switch somewhere I need? To? Yes, there is a switch. It's right in front of you. This is the light. Amen. Thy word is a what? Yes. It's a light. 
lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. And so, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. That means I'm dwelling within the scriptures because it's my love letter from God. And I love God, and so I want to read about my God, just like you would when you get married and you want to know about your wife. And you ask her questions, or maybe you just meet somebody and you want to know all the details of what they like and don't like. You're just abiding in that. <laughs> I mean, you're abiding there. And that's what it is. You're abiding in the light because you've got a love relationship with God. Then it says, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. You see, God wants you to obey him. Whatever he says, you do it. But can I tell you something else? There are things that he has left up to you. He says, I want you to desire to do this. I want you to desire to be that kind of Christian. I've had people say, you tell me where God says you've got to go to church three times a week. Do what you want. I remember when I first started ministry. I want to find a verse that commands people to be faithful to church and to come. And, da, 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 da. and then it dawned on me. That's not a love relationship. You've got to be careful some of these groups out there. Sabbath keepers. They want you to operate in your love for God by law. And so they take you back to the Old Testament. Oh, no, the Sabbath. It's a Saturday, by the way. The Sunday is not a Sabbath day. You know that, right? Some of the old-time preachers, they'd say, oh, let's meet on the Sabbath. And I know what they meant, but this is no Sabbath. This is better than the Sabbath. This is the first day of the new week. This is the sunrise of the first day, and that's why I always say, I want to be a church that meets on Sunday mornings. Because that's when Jesus broke through the tomb. That's when our liberty became real. <laughs> that's when the death lost its hold. See, that's what opened up the liberty to us. So that liberty that you have to come to church on Sunday morning, it's no longer where you need to be commanded. Some of you wake up on Sunday mornings and you, there's no question. <laughs> it's in your heart because you love God, to come to church. Now you could say, well, where does the Bible say? you got to meet at 11 o'clock. I don't see no 11 o'clock. And you can say that, and if you say that, all you do is, is you're revealing you don't really love God. That's why many people that say, Jesus turned water into wine. <laughs> Instead of questioning the morality of what they just accused Jesus of doing. They are so given to the love of self that they would rather twist the perspective of Jesus so that they can go and sin. It's wrong. <laughs> but all I know about Christians like that are Christians that don't love God. Because not only is there law about that, but there's also a lot of none occasion of stumbling in that. Can I tell you that the only reason 
that you should not drink alcohol is it'll hurt people. Well, I need a thou shalt. Do what you want. You'll need God for it. Everything that you hold to be to your truth, your truth, will be brought to the light. And every word out of your mouth will be brought to light. And everything you hold to doctrine will be brought to light. And all I know is if that's the way you're operating, you don't love God. Because a love relationship with God is not, not just about obeying the thou shalt and thou shalt not. It is about following desires of God. Now, why would God say that, I sh- that a love relationship with my brother is where I will give him no occasion of stumbling? No occasion. Occasion of stumbling means the trigger of a trap on which the bait is placed and which, when touched by an animal, springs and causes it to close, causing entrapment. What that means is, is if I'm causing someone to stumble, I'm actually trapping them into a sin of some sort, into some kind of a bondage. So here, Jesus turned water into wine. Now, what if somebody actually believes what I just said? And they hurt their life. That's an occasion to stumbling. I tell those people about everything. Now, you can argue all you want. Modesty is a big part of that. The reason why I tell my children about modesty and dressing modestly and watching how you present your body to people is you can stumble somebody. You show me in the Bible where it says, Thou shalt, thou shalt not. Love God. And you will know what I'm saying. If you don't know what I'm saying, get with him about it. Because I do love God. And I want to be right by him. I'm not doing this to push some Baptist law. I don't care about that. I want people to be safe. I want people to think right. I want people when they come to church, they don't have to lust in their heart because God's people that say they love God are dressing like the world. Golden rule. You get it? Hinge. If you don't get what I just said, what is hinging your life? The law is hinged upon those two commandments. To love God and to love others. And if I love others, there's no occasion of stumbling. We go to my kids. They go to the beach. They go swimming. They're covered. My boys, whether boys or girls, they will never stumble somebody because of the way they dress. Now, you can look at me and look down at me for that, but it's not about you. It's about him. You get that. 
And so what we do is we teach our children, cover up. Our boys, when they go to the job site, I tell our boys, don't you take off your shirt. Oh, there's no, there's no girls around there. Sure there is. You don't know that. And why would you want to stumble them? See, that, that, my friend, is the golden rule. Well, I don't agree. Do what you want. I'm just telling you what, what the Word of God says. And one day we will all face him face to face. And folks, it's not about Baptist. It's not even about me being a pastor. This is just about true godly morals. True godly morals that don't exist within a wicked and ungodly society. And if we don't do it, I'll tell you something. Nobody's going to do it. Amen? Am I getting through? <laughs> Say, preacher, you're preaching to the choir. Great. <laughs> Great, but I'm also going on live stream. Yeah. And I'm also being recorded. And there'll be people that'll listen to this afterwards. So if you're not the one guilty, great. <laughs> Folks, this message needs to get out to God's people. <laughs> I've seen it way too much. I preach for a long time. And I get people that are saved a couple of years or they don't even truly care about the things of God trying to correct me about things like this. I'm sorry, it's not true. A love relationship is not just about commands, it's about desires. Well, what does God desire? Well, I'll give you the example. Remember, we're talking about in the Old Testament how the priests built the altar and there were steps that went up the altar. And those priests would walk up there and they'd be somewhat covered, they'll tell their knees or whatever it was, like the scriptures say. But when, that, when they got up to a certain level, the people standing here could see underneath. So you know what happened? A Baptist preacher came along. No. Oh, the prophet came along. No. God came along. And you know what he said? Put breeches on those boys. And you know what he said about their nakedness? I don't want to see it. Do you love God? Are you in a love relationship with God? Prove it. That's his desire. See, that's more than just thou shalt. I don't ever want to be just a thou shalt Christian. I want to be concerned about what God is concerned about. He showed that to me. Why would he put that in the Bible? He wouldn't have had to. Just leave it out. It's not important. It's irrelevant. Hey, it has nothing to do with our culture today. <laughs> you understand when there's not something that isn't uh, pertinent to our culture today, God usually explains that it's not. But if he doesn't tell you it's not, then it still is. You know, the Ten Commandments are still the Ten Commandments. When it comes to morality, God has not changed. He's as pure and holy as he's ever been. And as wicked as this world has become these days, it still hasn't changed God's mind. Amen? 
Say, preacher, you're stepping on a toe. No, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And you can get mad at me, you know, but this is who I am. You better get used to it. But if you listen to things I say over this pulpit, I'll guarantee you your life will be blessed. I'm giving you principles that will change your life. It'll bring you to a level that you've never achieved. You understand that? It'll get you past the law. Well, let me ask you this. What does the law do for you? If you obey it. <laughs> you don't have an answer. I'll tell you why you don't have an answer. It does nothing. What does the law do for you when you disobey it? <laughs> the wages of sin is what? The Bible says that the law kills. That's what it does. That's the relationship you want? No wonder homes are being broken up today. No wonder the first thing we do is run to the lawyers, to the law. Instead of submitting our souls and hearts to having a marriage or a relationship that will function. No, no wonder the first thing we do is say, I'll sue you. Guess what? That money you'll get out of that suit is going to burn holes in your pocket. And it's going to destroy you. There's nothing good in that. The law kills. What gives life? Because, you know, if, if I want to operate by, oh, you just tell me thou shalt. Okay, if that's what you want to do, then don't expect blessing. Just, just do what you got to do so you don't die. <laughs> Amen? That's law. That's law life. But then you better do it all. Now, any of us that knows Christ as Savior knows that we're past that now. The law has been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now the Bible says, sure, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now I'm living a different relationship with God. It's no longer, and that's what he says, it's said of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that if a man lusteth in his heart, he has already committed adultery. Grace, grace goes way deeper than the law. But grace not only deals on that side of it, grace is also on the other side of it. Grace now gives you the ability to please God in a way that you could never please by the law. You can't please God by keeping the law. Do you understand that? But you can please God by living your life in a love relationship with him by faith. That means if you're the kind of Christian that is looking for the law, I feel sorry for you because you'll never be blessed and all you're trying to do is keep yourself from dying. Keep yourself from judgment. <laughs> I want more than that. You know what I want? I want to look in the eyes of the Savior one day and he'll look into my eyes. And there'll be a love relationship there. 
And he'll say, I loved you for a long time. He says, and you love me. You see, there's not a love relationship in your law. The golden rule is not about the law. The golden rule is about the relationship. <laughs> love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart. All of your heart. Lord, you have my heart. Amen. If he has your heart, you know what you want? You want to do whatever you can for him. There's some things you'll do just because you love him. He won't even tell you. Say, Lord, I just want to give my life to you. I, I, you know what? I'm going to help the preacher do this. You never told me to, and I don't have to. But I'm going to do it. You know, there's nothing law about that. But I'm going to do this. You understand? Or maybe, Lord, my neighbors, they don't know Christ. And I know you don't say, you know, you just got to do all these things, but I just want to let you know, I'm going to try my best to pray for them and, to, and win them to Christ. It's a love relationship. Amen. Folks, do you live the golden rule? Or every time there's a preacher preaches and brings something out that maybe is controversial or maybe oh, everybody else doesn't do it and, you know, it's, uh, this isn't about, um, oh, you're just too, too far, preachers, just goes too far. You're always bucking. <laughs> Can I tell you something? There's nothing I've said over this pulpit that is too far for God. And if there is, please, somebody tell me right now. You've heard me for thousands of hours. <laughs> Maybe not thousands. Hopefully it's not that much. Is there something I've said that's too far? Give me your accusation today. <laughs> no. I don't think so. But this is what I do think. I think there's a lot more other things that you could do for God than what I've said over this pulpit. Because you love them. Do unto others. Do unto others. The golden rule is important for us. Let's make sure it's, it's, it's not just a fulfillment of law. It's all based on my love for God and my love for people. See, when you love God, you're not going to do wrong by people. Right? In other words, it's like this. If I love people the way that God wants me to love him, I would never break up a home and commit adultery. I would never do that. I would never take something that belongs to Ferdinand and think that I deserve it more than he does. In fact, you know what I would do? I would give him something that I have. Because I'd say, you know what, Fernand, you deserve this more than I do. Because I love you. Do you understand that? It's not just not doing it. Oh, I just won't steal from him. <laughs> the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, let's turn there and we'll be done for today. Think about this. Such an important thing. 
We'll go up to verse number 20 in chapter 4 of Ephesians. It says, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It goes on to say, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Now, did not the the law say, thou shalt not bear false witness? But notice he's not talking about the commandments here. He's not just saying, obey the commandments. He's saying, put on the new man. This is different. This isn't just obeying a law. This is something that's beyond that. He's saying there's something new that's happening. A new commandment I give unto you. And this commandment is, is, is a new creature inside of you. And you operating on a completely different level than even the law dictates. Notice what it says next. Wherefore put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. So the law says, don't lie. But did the law say, I got to go to my neighbor and talk truth with him? (laughs) No, it just says, don't lie. Because if you lie, you die. (laughs) Amen. You understand that? We don't live in a law relationship. We live in a new relationship that goes way beyond the law. Let's look at the next one. It says here, be angry and sin not and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Now look at verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. Just like the law says, thou shalt not steal. Period. Yeah, I'm not going to steal. But then the Lord says, hold on there. I don't want you to steal, but let me tell you what I want you to do. Desires. Amen. He says, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Well, you tell me in the Bible where it says I'm supposed to give to this person. It's not a law. It's a desire. Amen. Let's go to the next one. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So it's like this. You come to me and say, preacher. I got no corrupt things coming out of my mouth. Please pat me on the back. I'll say, no, sir. All you're doing is fulfilling the law. There's no pat on the back for the law. All you're doing is keeping yourself from being judged. Amen. Now you want a pat on the back. You fulfill the relationship with God and his desires. What is that? Use your mouth to build people. Build them. See, when, I, when I'm corrupt, I hurt people. But when I've got grace in my heart, then I talk to them and they're lifted up. I've had so many people come to our church and it's because of you and it's because of everything that goes on here. And I remember a young man this last week, he says, Pastor, every time I come here, I, I just feel so lifted up. It's not just the preaching. It's you too. It's your spirit. It's your love. It's your love for this person. As you shook their hand, he just got lifted up because 
See, we're not in a law relationship here. We're in something that goes way beyond that. Amen? So get out of this law-based thinking. We, if you want to talk law-based and that's the way you want to live, then you've got to stop in your heart even lusting. And you still won't get a pat on the back. Amen? You want to look in Christ's face one day and him look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know what's going to do that? It's when you go to people and say, can I tell you what a blessing you are to me? I just want to tell you that I really appreciate you. And they get built up and they get strengthened. And Jesus is looking from heaven. He says, there it is. That's what I'm looking for. That's the golden rule. That's the golden rule. Amen. It goes on to say, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So, say, preacher, I'm not bitter. Preacher, I'm not wrathful. I got no anger. I'm not speaking evil of people. And by the way, this is a progression. There's bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. When you start speaking evil of somebody, all of these other four are already in your heart. That's pretty bad. Well, say, preacher, I don't do any of those five things, man. (laughs) No part of my life. No pat on the back. Should have never done them anyways. You get no pat on the back. You're just keeping yourself from judgment. Amen? But the Bible goes on to say, and be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That's the golden rule. Amen? You get what I'm saying here? Preacher, I don't drink anymore. No pat on the back. No pat on the back. But you say, Preacher, I'm, I'm warning others of the dangers. I'm trying to help people so that they don't get caught into the bondage I was in. That's a golden rule. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> what a powerful truth that is. Do you understand if we will begin to apply this golden rule to our daily life, that it would transform Airdrie Baptist Church? We would live on a new level that we've never reached before. You would be careful how you look. You'd be careful what you say. You'd be careful what you do. And I understand the world doesn't care. They, they will applaud you in whatever you do. In fact, they'll say, express yourself. Express your wickedness. Express your ungodliness. Just do what you want to do. In fact, the whole fashion industry is designed for that. That's why many Christians that really want a deep relationship with God and, and have that love relationship, they actually go out and buy clothes at special places just so they can have clothes that they know will please their Lord. We buy swim clothes for our children. Now, it's easy for the guys. Nowadays, the long shorts are in. Amen. When we buy them swim shorts, they go down to here. 
because I know it pleases God. The Lord, a love relationship with him tells me that the Lord said it's nakedness past this point. Now you do what you want because maybe you don't want a love relationship with God, but I do. And I want my family to love God and I want them to learn what it means to, to fulfill the desires of the God that gave so much to them. Amen. So I'll teach them these things, and you'll come in and you'll say, oh, don't listen to him, not funny, daddy. <laughs> I hope they'll have a strong enough relationship with God not to listen to your law-based garbage. <laughs> Amen. I'm past just not wanting them to be judged. I want them to be blessed. You understand that? So you call me what you want. I really don't care. <laughs> I want my family to be blessed. And you know what? You say, oh, yeah, but I saw it. And this is what it does. Because as soon as I say something like this, now you start picking them apart. Because that's what law-based people do. <laughs> Instead of loving. Folks, I deal with my family all the time. We sit down. We'll pray. We'll read the Bible. I'll talk about things that I see that they did that I don't like. Sometimes I feel like I give that too much to them, <laughs> you know. But I just want them to do things right. I want them to have right relationships. I want them to have right people around them. I want them to love people the right way. I don't want them to be corrupted. I want them to be around good influences. Folks, if that hurts your feelings, if you're a bad influence, be a good influence. That's all I could say. <laughs> what else can I say? Be a good influence. Because I can't sacrifice them to you. And I never will. It was a never part of my job description. You understand that? Folks, what we need to do is we need to ask ourselves, do we really live the golden rule? And I know all of us have done wrong. Everyone here has got weaknesses. But you know what the golden rule says? Let's forbear that. I'm willing to do that for you. Are you willing to do that for me? Now, if you're not willing to do that for me, then chances are the Bible says you'll be judged by your own standard. The judgment that you meet to others will be meted to you. And God will make sure of it. So don't go that way. <laughs> Amen. Operate on a different level. Be kind and be, be, be uh, forbearing for people. Be forgiving to others. Be kind-hearted and tender-hearted. Even if people have done you wrong. Doesn't mean you've got to be with them. If they're bad influence, you stay away. But you still be kind. Amen? That's, that's the golden rule. 